This is what the angel said. Okay, so anyway, they send for Peter, right? Go to verse 33. Immediately, therefore, I sent to thee, and thou hast well done that thou art come. Now, therefore, we all, we are, I'm so, now, therefore, are we all here present before God to hear all things that are commanded thee of God. We want to find out what God's commanding. Not what his wish is, but his command. My, my, my. I'm glad we had church tonight. Who when he shall come and shall speak unto thee. You got it? Then Peter opened his mouth and said of a truth, I perceive that God is no respecter of persons. Thank God for that. Verse 44. Now this is a Jew. A Jew preaching to a Gentile. Who had a problem with that. He didn't want to go into that denomination. <laughs> and preach. That's why I tell you if a door opens for me to preach, I don't care. I don't care what denomination it is. I don't care what house it is. If a door opens for me to preach, I'm going there. I don't care what you think, what other people think, I'm going there. Because God is no respecter of persons. He, he can use Peter, to, a Jew, to preach to a Gentile. He can use me to preach to somebody that doesn't have all the truth. So I, I'm, I know the message that has to be preached. But I am not uh, prejudiced about preaching it. Just because they're not in my group. Now, you don't understand me. See... <clears throat> I'll just put it this way. Certain denominational groupings, you have to go to the board to get permission to go preach in their, another denomination's church. Whew. Don't get me going. Oh, okay, let me be nice here. Calm down. Verse 44, while Peter yet spake these words, the Holy Ghost fell on all them which heard the word. I mean, he just preached it. He don't have to lay heal you. You have to touch him. Why is it that we think we got to go lay hands on everybody? Have mercy. You know what? I don't run around laying hands on everybody. Hey, cool. Hey, I'm a whoosh. Heal up a heart. I believe in the laying on of hands. But why do we think we got to go go lay hands on everybody? I'll tell you what a lot of it is. Is because we want people to recognize our gifting. While Peter yet spake these words, the Holy Ghost fell on them. Why can't when we preach the Word of God, the power of God just reach out and come upon you right now too? Why can't you get healed when the Word of God goes forth? Why can't you get filled when the Word of God goes forth? Why do we have to lay hands on everybody? I believe in it. I'm just telling you. A lot of stuff goes on. If God fell on some people, we still have to go lay hands on them. God on you, yeah. Woo! Okay, let me make, you know, we wanted everybody to know that I laid hands on you. Amen. 
See, I want everybody to recognize my gifting. If God touches you and you, you get hit by the power of God, I don't have to lay hands on you. Nobody has to lay hands on you. If the power of God hits you and while Peter yet spake these words, the Holy Ghost fell on him. We saw before, though, he laid hands on them. And they got the Holy Ghost. Now all he's doing is preaching the Word, and they're getting the Holy Ghost. Which means there's no certain formula that has to be followed for you to get filled. All you've got to do is repent and believe the gospel and believe that the Holy Ghost is for you. Right now, if you don't have the Holy Ghost, all you've got to do is say, Jesus, forgive me of all of my sins. I open up my heart. I invite your spirit to come inside of me. Right now, I receive the Holy Ghost. And right where you sit, right now, the power of God can come on you. I don't have to touch you. Nobody else has to touch you. If you've got faith and you repent, you can get the Holy Ghost right then. Speaking in tongues. Now I'm talking about church. Peter's got a little church called Gentiles here. And they're all sitting there wanting to hear what he's going to tell them to do. And while he's preaching the word, the Holy Ghost comes on them. I said, give, give, oh, give God some praise. <coughs> Let me tell you something. We'll be pretty much prayed through. So, you know, we don't have to go back there to that room back there that we call prayer room to be prayed through. Now, that, that's good. We do believe in going in there and praying. But I'm telling you right now, there's enough of God here right now. So anyway, he said, okay, well, we're here to listen to you now, Peter. Tell us what we have to do. <coughs> Verse 44, while Peter yet spake these words, the Holy Ghost fell on all them which heard the what? Word. The Word. Not his philosophy. Not his psychology. Not his jokes. But the Word of the living God went forth from that man. And when it did, the power of God fell on them. When the word goes forth from the pulpit, the power falls in the pew. But if I get up and I, I just preach psychology and philosophy to you, and I, that's all I do is joke, there's no power in the pew. But when the word goes forth, the power falls in the pew. Because God honors his word. So Peter preaches. Yeah. Verse 45. And they of the circumcision which believed were astonished. The circumcision was the Jewish people. As many as came with Peter. Because that on the Gentiles. And that's where I got my chance. That's where you got your chance. If you're a part of any nationality in the world besides Jew. This is where you got your chance. Because that on the Gentiles also was poured out the gift of the Holy Ghost. For they heard them. How did they know they had the Holy Ghost? Because they got the same sound. And it wasn't a different sound. How did they know they got the Holy Ghost? The Bible says. For they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. So they got the Holy Ghost here. 
before they were baptized in Acts 8. Baptized in Jesus' name, then got the Holy Ghost. Here, they got the Holy Ghost before he ever stopped preaching. And the way they knew they had the Holy Ghost was hell. Not because the power of God was hitting them. And not because people were getting healed. But because they heard them speak with tongues. It was the universal sign to the apostles identifying they got the Holy Ghost. You haven't got, if you haven't spoken in tongues yet, you don't have the sign or the evidence that God has ever come inside of you. And you're hoping and you're praying that you make it to heaven. But the only way to heaven is to obey the Word of God. Repent, be baptized in Jesus' name, and be filled with the Holy Ghost. And when you are, you will speak with tongues. Everybody got it the same way. What time is it? I got to stop so we can go pray. Five till six. Well, I got to stop so we can start having church. I, I mean, I've preached for an hour here. But that's God. That's the Holy Ghost, see? I'd like to finish go, going from five, 5.30, quit and go to prayer. But God said, no, the unction, when you can't stop the unction. Amen. Acts 16, let's look at the jailer. Gentiles come in, now let's look at the jailer. And I've got to explain some things to you. I'm going to finish this page if it kills me. And it probably won't kill me. It'll probably encourage me and edify me and strengthen me. Acts 16. This is answering a lot of questions. Man, I feel the Holy Ghost operating and speaking to us, answering a lot of questions that people have about the power of God and the move of God. It's there, yes. But what does it mean? That's the question. Acts 16, 30-34. The Bible said, and brought them out and said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? Now remember, this is the jailer. The Philippian jailer. He's got Paul and Silas in his jail. All of a sudden, there's a big old earthquake that hits that place. The power of God hits that place. Wow, when? When Paul and Silas are praising God. They got stripes on their backs and they can still worship God. They've been beat, but they can still praise God. Oh, get rid of your excuse that says, I can't praise God. They're beaten and they're still praising God and singing praises unto God. And as they're worshiping God and singing praises unto God, the jail starts shaking. The jail starts rocking. And then the jailer goes rolling. It's the first rock and roll service in the Bible. The jail rocked and the, the jailer rolled. He rolls right in the prison cell where Paul and Silas were singing. I said it was a rock and roll service. He thinks everybody in the jail is going to be gone. They're still sitting in there. He said, what must I do to be saved? He's thinking about life and death. He's thinking the jailer, the people in the jail have already fled, and he's going to die for letting them go. He's not even thinking about being born again. What must I do to be saved? He said, and they said, believe on the Lord Jesus. You and your house, and you will be saved. Now, how do you get saved? Same way they did in Acts 2. Same way they did in Acts 8. Same way they did in Acts 10. In the mouth of two or three witnesses, let everything be established. 
It's already an established doctrine by the time you get to Acts 16. So they're just trying to keep him from killing himself. Verse 31. They said, Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, thou shalt be saved in thy house. That scripture has been lied on. It's been lied on. All you got to do is believe in Jesus. Accept him as your Savior. And you're on your way to heaven. No, 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 no. Let's read on. And they said, Believe on the Lord Jesus, thou shalt be saved in thy house. And they spake unto him the word of the Lord. Because remember, you got to have the word from the mouth of a person, a person that's sent by God. Spoke the word to them, to all that were in his house. And what happened when they spoke the word? He took them the same hour of the night and washed their stripes and was baptized, he and all his straightway. This is after midnight. But listen, in the midst of their pain and their suffering with stripes on their back, they teach this man, if all he had to do is accept Jesus as his personal Savior, and that puts him in the kingdom, why did they who were beaten after midnight sit down and declare the Word of God to him so he would know how to get saved if he was already saved? After midnight, immediately, he and his family arose and was baptized. Because baptism is a part of salvation. If he was already saved, they should have just went to bed. His whole house after midnight. And when he had brought them into this house, he set meat before them. They rejoiced, believing in God and all his house. Hallelujah. And it doesn't say they spoke in tongues there. But how do I know they did? Because it's already an established doctrine. In the mouth of two or three witnesses, let everything be established. It's already established. God's good, isn't he? Acts 18. Let's close with this. And then we'll let Brother Daniel come and we'll worship God. And I am so full of the Holy Ghost. There's no telling what's going to happen tonight in this church. You know, when I first stood up here, I was shaking. I was scared half to death. Couldn't even hardly read the Bible. All of a sudden, man, the Holy Ghost moves in you. And you become another man. Acts 18, 24. The Bible said this, And a certain Jew named Apollos, born in Alexandria, an eloquent man and mighty in the scriptures. He's a preacher. Came to Ephesus. This man was instructed in the way of the Lord and being fervent in the spirit. Man, he was on fire. He spake and taught diligently the things of the Lord, knowing only the baptism of John. He began to speak boldly in the synagogue, whom when Aquila and Priscilla had heard, they took him unto them and expounded unto him the way of God more perfectly. And when he was disposed to pass through Achaia, the brethren wrote, exhorting the disciples to receive him, who when he was come, helped them much, which had believed through grace. For he mildly convinced the Jews, and that publicly showing by the scripture that Jesus was Christ. So he only knew the baptism of John. So he had to be brought up to date, showed baptism of Jesus, Jesus' name, etc. 19.1. And it came to pass that while Apollos was at Corinth, Paul, having passed through the upper coast, came to Ephesus and finding certain disciples. Look at your neighbor and say, they were disciples. 
He said unto them, Have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? He didn't say, You're not a believer. But he said, Have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? You know, get the point. When I say, He didn't say they were not a believer. That doesn't mean they were born again. He just saying, They believed. To a point. So Paul, is this Paul? Yeah. Have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? And the next question is, they said, I mean, we have not so much as heard whether there be any Holy Ghost, that the Holy Ghost has been poured out. He said unto them, unto what then were you baptized? They said, unto John's baptism. So two questions. Have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed, and how were you baptized? They said, unto John's baptism, just like Apollos in Acts 18. So what did they tell this, these people? The same thing that Achille and Priscilla told Apollos in Acts 18. Not a different message. Verse 3. He said unto them, Under what then were you baptized? They said unto John's baptism. Then said Paul, John verily baptized with the baptism of repentance. Saying unto the people that they should believe on him which should come after him. That is on Christ Jesus. When they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. When Paul laid his hands upon them, the Holy Ghost came on them, and they spake with tongues and prophesied. And all the men were about twelve. So now we got believers who didn't have the Holy Ghost, weren't baptized in Jesus' name. Getting baptized in Jesus' name, get filled with the Holy Ghost. Okay, so on your paper, the last, last scripture we just read. They had believed on the Lord and had been baptized in water. Paul baptized them in Jesus' name, which means they got re-baptized. You're going to come across people say, Well, I've already been water baptized in the titles Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. And they will literally think that it's a sin to get baptized a second time. You go here to this passage and say, No. These people were baptized already one time under John's baptism. But now, look, they got baptized a second time. What made the difference? The name. You're going to come across people baptized in the titles. You need to tell them they need to get re-baptized because the difference is the name. And if they haven't got the Holy Ghost speaking in tongues yet, ask them the question. Have you got the Holy Ghost since you believed? We're not saying you, you don't believe anything or know anything. We're just asking you these questions. How are you baptized? And have you been filled with the Spirit? And if not, right there. Don't call the preacher. Just stand up there right now and look them and say, Hey, would you like to get the Holy Ghost right now? You get the Holy Ghost right now. You can be baptized in Jesus' name if you believe with all your heart. And you can stand up with them and pray a prayer, the prayer of repentance. I know how to do that. Have them pray, Lord, forgive me of bad words, bad deeds, and bad thoughts. Right? Words, deeds, and action. Words, deeds, and thoughts. Have them pray that prayer of repentance and mean it from their heart. And then have them ask for the Holy Ghost to come inside. And before you ever bring them to church, they can be a tongue-talking, Holy Ghost-filled person. And if I don't have time, I'll just tell you, go baptize them in Jesus' name.
Glory to God. So y'all got the message now, don't you? What it takes to be a true born-again believer is not just accepting Jesus or shaking the preacher's hand or going to church on Sunday or putting tithes in the offering plate and praying a lot or even being healed, having the power of God come on you. That doesn't mean you're saved. Say with me, repent. Which means have a change of mind. Change the direction you're going. Turn to God. Repent. Confess your sins. Now say with me, and be baptized. Every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for what? For the remission of your sins. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Praise the Lord. So when you teach this Bible study, and all I've been doing is training you. When you teach this Bible study, by the time you get through with this lesson, either they're going to be born again or they're going to reject it outright. I doubt very seriously if you really taught it right and you taught it correctly under the anointing of the Holy Ghost that you will teach it and they be neutral. They will reject it outright or we'll be baptizing them in Jesus' name. Woo! Brother, come on up here. Lead us in worship. Appreciate everybody coming to the house of the Lord tonight. Amen. I think some of you didn't even know we're going to have church tonight. No, you did. Those of you that are here did. <laughs>